What do you recall was the first thing you ever heard? Perhaps it was your mother's voice. Maybe a muffled noise at home or a sibling calling your name. As humans, we have a rich history of listening. We were given two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And that which we hear may even resonate through our entire bodies at times, allowing us to feel sound. These sounds can cause a torrent of emotions, and what's more is that sound begets ideas, ideas which can move society towards action. No, audio isn't just another marketing medium for suits to sell us something we don't need. It's a mode of understanding, of connecting and sharing something uniquely human. Luckily, we're listening even more these days. Millions of us find escape through a riveting audio fiction series. We listen to guided meditations to find inner peace or play background sounds to stay focused during work. Our news broadcasts, social commentary, gossip, and sports stories are delivered straight to our earbuds. And now, our methods of education are being disrupted and audio has become an important component of our children's curriculum. What we're launching here at Verbal is a thoughtful tool in this continuum of audio, a platform to explore the boundaries of this medium and amplify those voices we so desperately need to hear. We invite you to discover millions of pieces of audio you never knew existed, or broadcast your own creation so the world may discover your beautiful work. Start listening or claim your station today. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Verbal Voices. If you've listened to other episodes, you'll know that the intro you just heard is brand spanking new. And the reason we're leading with it today is we finally made it to launch. Verbal, the platform for audio listeners and audio creators is launching today, and we'd love for you to be an early user. What I thought we'd do for our launch episode is have our core team on to do a bit of behind the scenes discussion. We talk about where we've come since this time last year, building the platform, designing new features, bringing on new team members, and of course what you can expect from the platform and from us. You'll hear from our CEO, Audra Gold, our head of content and search, Baron Gennetti, our chief architect, Jerry Boonstra, and our head of design, Justin Labaugh Rivers, who you've heard from before on our episode titled Uncovering UFO Podcast Mysteries. We plan on doing more of these behind the scenes discussions with the team. So if you have any questions about the platform, ideas around features and creator engagement, or just want to be part of the podcast somehow, go ahead and tweet at us at GetVerbal. On a personal note, I'd like to invite all of you audio creators out there to discover Verbal as soon as possible. We're really going to cater to the early adopters and we can't wait to see how big you can grow your audiences on Verbal. So without further ado, let's jump right in with Audra, Jerry, Baron, and Justin. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hi Paul. Hello. What's going on, Paul? Hey, I've got my studio set up here in LA. So uh, yeah, we're over. We're, we're in LA, Milwaukee, and Jerry, where are you again? Yeah, Mid City, LA. Mid City, LA. So across the country, at least uh, West Coast and Midwest here. But uh, Audra, let's just start with you. Could you give us a brief origin story of this idea around verbal? It was an accumulation of many things that came together. I think it kind of all hit me at once maybe, but but it definitely the idea came to me just over a little, a little over a year ago. 
and I was reading about Spotify's new fund, that $500 million fund they started last year and about how they were just dumping it all into podcasting. And then I was like, why is it, why just podcasting? Like why is Spotify so focused on just podcasting? Like, shouldn't they be focused on all audio? Like there's, you know, I, I couldn't understand why this crazy VC focus on podcasts. So I just started digging into the market. And the more I looked at the audio marketplace in general, I realized how much it looked like video looked online more than 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Audio looked a lot like the old school ways that we used to do distribution of video, advertising around video. And I was like, interesting we innovated in video over the last 15 years and brought it to where as we all know it a streaming medium and we advertise around video in real time for the most part it's all mostly programmatic digital and 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 i was just wondering why we never did that with audio so then i was like we got to fix audio we got to make audio look a lot more like video in terms of distribution advertising user experience and all of that so that's where i landed i was like okay why hasn't this been done and and then I started figuring out who who I could get to work with me on this to see if it was a real opportunity or not. And yeah, then, what, what were those early early discussions like with with the the team here? You know, when you spoke with Baron and Jerry and Justin about this idea of bringing audio into the 21st century, what uh, what what were the hurdles of getting them on board? But also, what were those early conversations like? Yeah, well. Jerry and I were working together on some projects with my last company, Product N, which is a consulting firm. We did product management consulting and built software for for early stage startups for the most part. And Jerry was working with me um, on a couple of those projects that we were doing. So he was a no brainer. He was the first person I went to on the technical side just to say like, hey, listen to this idea. Is this something you think you would want to work on? And I think he got pretty excited about it early on, but he can speak to that. And then of course I knew because this was such a big undertaking that we were, you know, we were going after all of this audio content because we want to become the YouTube of audio. We need a lot of content. So naturally I knew, okay, we're going to need someone who can deal with massive data sets of content and organizational content. And oh, by the way, it needs to be totally searchable. So I thought of Baron for that no brainer. I've worked with Baron for 15 years in SEO and beyond and uh, wouldn't, uh, can't imagine anyone else who could have done this on the content front. So, so I went and pitched Baron. Uh, we basically, I think I pitched, did I pitch all of you guys the same weekend in Palm Springs? I kind of told everyone about it. And then I invited them all to my house in Palm Springs for the weekend. And then I did like the full, <laughs> the yeah. full pitch, the whiteboard session and told them kind of like A to Z what I thought this could be. And that was Baron, and we had Jerry there. We had a couple other people, but um, between all of us, we just, you know, I kind of laid out the big picture, and then together we all kind of filled in the hole. So Baron had a lot of thoughts and ideas around the SEO and content strategy, and then Jerry started imagining the ways that we could set up the infrastructure and the actual, you know, platform. And so we just kind of kept going down, you know, the various big problems that we needed to solve and try to put together a framework is if can we solve these problems together? Yeah. And so we kind of put a straw man together of what we thought the company could look like. And we of course had to find a domain name. And that's the hardest part of a startup these days is finding a decent domain name. Uh, it's almost impossible to find, you know, anything under six letters for the most part. I personally have always had a hard time finding short, great domain names, but somehow we just were spitballing all day long, just throwing different 
words out and different, you know, phrases. And we were researching and I was sitting on GoDaddy, just punching everything in as people were yelling things out. And then Baron, I don't know where it came from, but he spit out the word verbal. And I was like, what? No way. That's perfect. And I was like, there's no way it's available. And so we tried it spelled a couple different ways and found the VURBL was available for $190, which was another miracle. And when I found that domain for $190, I knew it was meant to be. I was like, this domain has been gifted to us from the internet gods. We have to do this company. We have to make this work. That was (laughs) was a classic session. (laughs) Having this team to get, having the larger part of the team that's still here together, kind of like throwing paint at the wall and brainstorming and just throwing words up in the sky. I mean, if you think of verbal, you know, verbal. And these words are just lobbing up and she's dropping them in the GoDaddy. And then finally this, you know, verbal comes out into the sky and becomes a part of it. It was an example of like how this team can, you know, ultimately execute now that we look back on it. Right. So you had the team, you had the problem in a a very large market. What are the first steps with a a play like this, with verbal uh, essentially becoming the YouTube of audio, you have to have the massive library at launch. You have to, you know, have something available for people to listen to. And obviously, you know, podcasting with, with RSS feeds is easy enough. Uh, to launch a, a, a host, if you will, and convert it to streaming if you really wanted to. But Verbal is launching with over 25 million pieces of audio. So how did how did the team approach discovering so much what we call orphan audio? So much audio that available to the masses that just doesn't have a player, doesn't have uh, a way to be found besides Google search, which doesn't you know you know display the right things a lot of the time. You know what? How did how did you approach discovering all of this orphan audio and and really creating this huge library available to us? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you asked about first, like, what was our first step? It's like, okay, we had this small team together. We validated that we we all wanted to work on this and figure out if it was a if it was a real thing, and so after that, that was like I think last I want to say it was in September October I can't even remember mm-hmm. uh, when we were all out in the desert together. Um, the first thing we knew we needed was uh, okay, this is going to take a lot of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so the first order of business was just to do research to research the market. So uh, kind of quantify what the real market size could be. You know, we kind of all took a little piece of, we all broke off a piece of the research that needed to be done. Baron, of course, dove into search. I think we even started searching for audio that weekend. And we yeah, had noticed I mean, we, ours, all of these like horrible responses to our queries. But if you dig right. deep enough and you kept clicking through page two and then page three and page four, we just kept finding these fairly large databases of audio that was open source, you know, it's free or public domain. I was like, wow. So there's a lot of stuff just laying around out here. No one's really organized it. So then we started to think like, oh, this could be like a great go to market. What if we just, we don't have to go find users first to bring audio to us. Let's bring the audio to the users. And like, that's how we're going to go to market. That's how we're going to get, get traffic uh, from day one. We'll put all this content together. We'll organize it. And then Baron started doing a lot of research, you know, all the SEO kind of stuff that, that anyone would typically, you know, do, but he went down the rabbit hole on audio and started to find a whole lot of underserved queries in the space. And so then we started to put together a real business plan. So we said, there's this much demand. There's all this product out there that's kind of unorganized and a mess. No one's really curating this stuff in a meaningful, scalable way. 
And then we said, oh, and by the way, let's go look at the audio ad market and the ad market in general and just saw a huge disconnect in demand for audio and then actual inventory for that demand. And I saw a massive, massive gap compared to all other types of advertising. That's a huge signal, right? That there's something wrong. When you see these huge anomalies in a space where everything is pretty consistent and has a very consistent pattern, you find the one thing, what doesn't fit here? Oh, that's because it's broken. Okay, it's broken. Do we know how to fix it? Yes, we know how to fix it because we've done this with video and, and, and with display and mobile and all these other ad formats we've all interacted with. Well, Baron, about the, the discovery and search, what did you discover early on about all these audio libraries not having the visibility that they needed? There had to have been a lot of long tail opportunity there, right? Yeah, I mean, when we kind of opened up a handful of search demand tools and then we started like manually clicking on the results, it was clear that like, you know, in order to discover, I mean, we went out of our way to find these things that were like audio of Jack Benny or audio of space sounds. And then seeing what was in the top, which was kind of just raw luck that it was there. And then there was no data around it. No one had thought about what was in there. It was just basically, they took files out of, you know, NASA's, you know, closet and then just uploaded them raw and said, yeah, this is NASA, like, outer space and that was all that was there for the user to understand for google to understand and there are millions of files whether it was like alfred hitchcock speaks about nightwalker it didn't even have that much data i'm talking about data that we've added to it so it was just hollow audio files that we had to work to discover either with human strategy and research or with some really robust crawlers that are following the instructions that we figured out manually. So all these files are essentially living on the web with crappy titles, no tagging structure, no uh, categorization, all of all stuff that needs to happen for any type of file to be found easily right. and for discovery to be fixed within well, within, no a, within a market. St- no ability to stream either. I mean, all these sites that we were right. finding, they were all downloads, right? So, oh, if I want to consume this piece of audio, I have to download it to my computer or my phone and then I have to play it in a player. And like, it's just like, this is so clunky. And, and we, but we knew people were looking for it because we saw people querying it at right. volume, right? We yeah. knew, we knew that. This is content people are actually searching for and want, but they cannot find it. If they do find it, it's really hard to consume. And and then the last piece, of course, if if it's not findable and it's hard to consume, well, there's certainly not going to be any advertisers around wanting, you know, wanting to be around it. So, right. so yeah, there was just like a one one problem after the next that, that we were bumping into. And so. I think what kind of summarizes that, and I think Justin said it a few weeks ago really, really well, was unlocking the vault of audio on the internet Mm -hmm. and that has to do with adding content and metadata around it adding a player where people can consume it and then a design where people can engage with it all those things unlock that vault and bring it to the surface for users and that's what we're really looking to execute on for launch So millions of pieces of audio brought to millions of potential listeners that have never known that this stuff exists or they had the opportunity to consume it in their daily audio listening habits. So that to me is super exciting about the diversity of audio plus giving this to the masses. Yeah, that's really the trick. I mean, when you think about the presentation layer, right? It's like, okay, anyone can build a database, right? Anyone can make a database even searchable. But, you know, we've all been in the content game for so long. We know that you can't, you can't simply just make things available to people, right? You have to actually put things together for people, frame it, 
make mm-hmm. it nice and nice and easy, right? And make it very understandable and very contextual. And then people come and will consume at scale. So we knew the curation part was going to be huge, right? So the organization, the taxonomy, and then and then curating it so we can elevate this this audio in a way that is, is appealing and, and consumable. And then we knew the UX was so important, which is where Justin comes in to the picture. You know, he's the only person I ever imagined uh, for this business actually was from the very beginning of when I, 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 one of the major reasons I had confidence that we could pull this off is that I knew that, that Justin could design this in a way that was going to be mass appeal. And I've, I've just seen so much of his work and I've worked with him for years. So if Justin wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have said yes to this, I don't know what would have happened, but the presentation layer was going to be a very important part of this always. Well, we're going to talk about building the platform and designing the platform in a second. But one last thing about the obscure audio that we're bringing to the masses, Baron, Audra, and Jerry and Justin, have you found any really obscure stuff that you're excited to see how people engage with it? What's the craziest stuff we're bringing to the masses here? I find cool stuff every day, honestly. Like, I can't believe how much cool stuff we, we have already on our platform before we've even opened it up to the to the world. So, I mean, I love the old time stuff. I love the old news stories, like some great con- old concert footage, fundraisers, conversations. I've got one of my favorite uh, interviews I found is a Gloria Steinem interview from the 70s. And it's just like, I never would have, you know, encountered something like this, but it floated up on because of one of our content partners, you know, past daily had had it. And so it's just been so much fun. I literally every day I find it's like something obscure and awesome. Like and and then the the curation, obviously the playlist that that the Barron's team is is coming up with. Like a lot of really clever stuff, you know, and like very fascinating stuff. And it's like really kind of addictive. Like I go to our our slash playlist page and and I, you know, I just kind of go down the rabbit hole on that thing because there's like all this weird stuff. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then like just keep going and going. So right. In terms of sourcing audio for playlists and just refining it, uh, you know, as we go back, we can run into stuff. If we're looking at a Nightfall radio episode because we want to refine that, we might also find a commercial. I remember the other week I found this Camel Cigarettes commercial that was four out of five doctors say that studying you know, 150 people who smoked one to two packs a day, that the tongue feel, the taste and tongue feels great and there's no effect on your throat. So there's a lot of stuff that we come that's like ridiculous, but also expresses how we've changed as a society, whether it's the you know science and medicine or socially or politically and it kind of paints a picture of like how we've evolved since audio you know the dawn of radio started you can connect the dots from then till now and that's that's an interesting point though we have a back catalog of written word but there's never been a a library of our audio world that we've grown up with. We've only had the radio for maybe 120 years now. Now we have streaming and podcasting where people are producing audio content, audio news stories, audio fiction, uh, you know, radio, but we've never gone back in our audio history very often, but verbal essentially gives people that opportunity to go back in audio history rather than the written history. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting thing to, to think about a use case for verbal. Then. So uh, let's talk about building the platform, designing the platform, Jerry and Justin, the only place to start is how do you approach building a huge index, huge library of audio? And then Justin, how do you approach 
approach designing a user interface that actually fixes discoverability and gives people a way to listen easily. Yeah. Do you want to go first, Sherry? Want me to go? No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's the question. What comes first, the tech or <laughs> design? <laughs> we started the tech way before the design. Okay. Well, <laughs> we had yeah, to I mean, uh, we build the I mean, database. They, yeah. I mean, they really do play. They really do have to play play with each other fairly well. I mean, from a, from a design point of view, from like a perspective of where do we start at in building verbal, I mean, obviously we have to know who we're building for before we even really um, get into all the fun stuff and the nuts and bolts and the wires and stuff. So, you know, Audra, myself, um, and a few others spent, you know, spent a good amount of time at the very beginning of the process and identifying who it is verbal was going after, who we think our audience is going to be. Um, obviously, you know, with the understanding of like a lot of people are familiar with using platforms such as a SoundCloud and a Spotify and other media you know, platforms, you know, how, how are we going to differentiate ourselves as a brand? But from a platform point of view, there's typically a long line of best practices you use and just the overall experience of like discovering media, playing media, all that kind of good stuff, right? Like we're not going to reinvent the wheel on how a media player works and functions. Now we can take a look at different approaches as far as the styles of buttons go and the designs and how the actual interaction between the media players work. Uh, as an example um, um, of, of just one of the many components on our site, but before you even actually jumped into the UI design, we um, really just dug out who it is we're really going after and then understanding what their user behaviors and their user patterns are um, and all that kind of stuff, right? And so, you know, we started there and then, you know, just kind of took a very, uh, uh, the nature of the startup beast, right? Um, we took a very rapid iterative approach towards getting from concept to <laughs> what you see now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing process so far. I mean, I think the thing with design, especially given our stage, is that it's just a constant evolution. And, you know, ultimately our success is going to hinge upon how fast we're able to iterate on feedback from our users and being able to take a lot of that qualitative and quantitative data from them and being able to actually then feed it into the product. So, you know, I think we're really excited about the next stage, which is just having people bounce around on the site. We know it's not perfect. There's going to be like various holes and things we got to plug in at the beginning of it, but you know, the, the heart and soul of it's beginning to take shape. And, you know, I think that's what we're, we're kind of most excited about. What was the most challenging thing you designed for the platform so far? Probably the most, the most, challenging things so far probably the snippet feature i would say i mean that's going to be one of our kind of highlighted um one of our highlighted features that we think can differentiate ourselves from other platforms so you know being able to design that snippet feature across web and also mobile web um and it's it's you know again it's going to constantly evolve but that's probably been the most challenging thing is being able to really understand how users can use a feature where they're having to highlight specific parts of the clip and being able to uh, share, preview everything within one sort of mental construct, right? Like that's kind of the thing is that we ultimately want people to be able to do this in their sleep. And we want them to be able to think of a snippet in all three steps as, as one. So they clip it, think about it, share it all within one fail swoop. And so we're, we're you know, working on how that user experience works. Um, Unknown territory, really. Web and mobile web. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one area we didn't have any best practices to copy, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like the most... Yeah, we don't know how users... Yeah, well, it's it's invention, how. not reinvention, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that's the one layer of I just knew for it to be successful, it has to be so simple. Like that, you know, I always use my 
parents as kind of the the test. I'm like, if, yeah. if my mom can do this, like I, I'm feeling good about it. That's a good idea. We're, we're gonna have to have a parent's day at Verbal. <laughs> you know, so I was like shocked. I couldn't figure out how we were gonna make it simple enough. And I like when Justin came up with the even the first comps, I mean, I would say he, he kind of nailed it early on. We didn't iterate that. We didn't go on that many cycles with, with that snippet design, but I think it's so easy and obvious and I'm really, well, Audra, don't have, we don't have scaled data yet, interactive data, but I've watched a lot of people use it and it, right. like, I haven't seen any red flags. So well, now that we're talking about the snippet real quick, what, what does that do for the platform as a whole? What does the snippet actually accomplish for the listener, but also, you know, what is the possibilities for it? Well, I mean, that whole idea came out of like us watching how people share audio today. And one of our problem sets was like, God, it's so hard to make audio go viral. Why does everything have to go viral in the form of a video? Even if it's a video with like a placeholder image, like everyone's having to force this they're whatever they want into this video medium. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what makes it a video go viral? Well, it's got to be short form. It has to be highly portable, right? It has to have like a payoff in it. Those are all things you can't do with the, like, let's call it, say, go back to podcasts. Well, uh, when I was watching people share and promote their podcasts, I was watching them put links to an entire file and told me to go to one of five places, you know, one of their five preferred podcast platforms. And then go download it and, you know, the whole rigmarole of just getting to like, oh, they said it was a minute 25 was so great. Okay. So now 10 minutes later, you're lucky if I've gone through all those steps, I'm probably a tiny percentage of people that would actually do that. And, and then, you know, and then you scrub to this point. And so you're like, what if you could just like take out that point in the, in the long form audio and share it out? So it's socially right. friendly and it's portable and blah, blah, blah. And so, so that was like, oh yeah, we got to make it easy for people to share this stuff. So we got to make it easy to clip it. And so we got to make it easy to share it. Right. To clip it. <laughs> to clip and it, it, share, share it, to clip it, whatever. And it compounds the number of pages that will be indexed on the site. It compounds the number of ads that can be deployed on a creator's piece of content. So th there's a ton of like interesting right. possibilities that the snippet can push uh, the platform to greater heights. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that part, but um, yeah. let's go back to the platform. Jerry, uh, I want to tie you in here because you're building something massive from the start, but then it also has to scale to millions of people. How do you approach architecting a platform like this, a, a library, something that needs to be mobile friendly, streaming, high quality, high, high, um, high everything really from the get go? How do you approach that? Yeah. Well, we knew we needed help. Um, <laughs> we, you know, so um, we leverage a bunch of partner uh, technology and um, really yeah, a big part of it all on is depending on content distribution networks. So having systems that are deployed out all over the whole world, points of presence for delivering our streaming content. What the goal is, is, you know, instant starts for the, for this audio. So a, a user instantly gets their play and being able to do ad insertions on this content, we collected, you know, widely over the internet, as Audra mentioned, public domain and creative commons, freely available stuff. That's its own challenge in that you can imagine that storage is a, is a big thing 
to control the quality of the experience, we really need to have our own copies of all the of all the media, and we need to be able to deliver that ourselves to the end user in a form that does meet those standards, that is you know immediately playable and things like that. So yeah, we're really using content distribution networks a lot for that. And then we have our own infrastructure to ingest new content and always be following what's newly available. So it comes down to, yeah, the scaling costs around the bandwidth and the storage and the ability to leverage these partners that already have these you know points of presence all around the world to make the experience for the user the best. So that's the kind of the the, the fundamentals of it really. Cool. Well, the last few questions I, I want to pivot to like one, the team here, including me, this is five people on this podcast, but there are at least 20 more, I think maybe even 30 additional team members that have, and actually probably more than that, because we've had part-time and, and freelancers help out with the early editorial that we've been doing and, and curating as well as reviewing podcasts. How have you each approached building the team in your own section of launching this business. Audra, I'll start with you because this is 30,000 foot look of how do you fi find the right team members, install them, but then also look for launch and growth, what the needs of the business will be. But then for, you know, Baron, Jerry and Justin in your, in your, you know, sections of search and content, dev and design, how are you each looking at growing the teams to set verbal apart here? Right. Well, to start with, the whole team is made of people that have worked together for years in some capacity or another. So we have a very lucky, you know, kind of situation with that in that we came together with a lot of trust, right? We, we all trust each other inherently because we know each other and we've worked together for so long. And then because we started with that, I think it's it's been interesting to see also how people that I haven't worked with, but have worked with someone, you know, like, so... Baron has people he's worked with for years. And so he's started to bring in people that he's familiar with and trust. He's brought in a, so even an engineer who has been great, Chris. Developers in the Ukraine that I've worked with for a, for a few years on other projects. And so we've all, like, luckily, the early part has been all through network because we have, we all have really great networks. Um, we've all been working in tech for a very long time. But, but when it comes to scaling, yeah, that's when it really gets hard to... <laughs> much harder to hire. And my general rule around that is a lot of it's just gut instinct. And you look at what people have done and if it's relevant, what their attitude is like, and, and you let them run or, and let them fail fast and get, you know, move them along if it's not a good fit. And if it is a good fit, it's great. Like, but, but there, you're never going to get a hundred percent on anything. Sure. You gotta, you gotta, we've also kind of brought in a bunch of, you know, over, over time, some junior people some more early career people on the tech side as an experiment and that's worked pretty well we've i found that because we're using so much standard space technology and the early career people have such a good basis and fundamentals now that we've been able to leverage those people in tech too very well and that's been nice to see and also kind of giving back to the engineering community i think yeah yeah, and I have to say that that did weigh into, I think, our decisions on technical, our tech stack, on our, on our technical architectures. We wanted to make sure we didn't choose any code bases that are new or relatively unknown. You know, if we want to scale, we need to make sure we have a code base that we have a big pool of potential hires. So yeah, that definitely, and that's paid off well. Like Jerry said, it's easy to layer on new people when you're you're using a lot of well-known 
tools and, and code bases. So yeah. Well, not to be salesy, but what's the pitch to come work yeah, for you I mean, at Verbal? Who wouldn't want to work at the next biggest online <laughs> digital media company out there? It's fun to do to be early stage at anything. And I think we have an especially fun medium. All this really cool content and it's audio, which everyone can relate to. Everyone consumes audio. The sky's really the limit in what we can do with it. So, I mean, if I was starting earlier in my career, you know, this is a kind of company you can jump into and just get a lot of learning out of it. Well, I think put short, if you want to come disrupt an entire industry, there's good, good parts and bad parts to that. Right. Uh, yeah. Tend, yeah. To, well. tend to have a lot of people that aren't going to be too friendly to you in some in some situations, but hopefully you're doing the right thing for the industry, right? That's the idea. We think we're doing the right thing. It's so exciting for people that, you know, we have a team of many curators that are essentially, in in some cases, they're passionate volunteers who love audio in certain verticals. Um, And then we do have a team of interns. And, you know, the challenge with COVID, people are, you know, one thing is, is good for us and bad is that people are sitting around without work or people have just graduated from school and they, they have time to, to work while they're in school because they're doing it from home. And because we're small, we are creating opportunity. Um, those people that work for us passionately and they can road test us, we can road test them. And we get to give them a lot of feedback on, on their work and exposure to a tech company that really gives them larger education. You know, we're, we are scaling and, and we want to bring on those new people, create opportunities. And we already have examples of people that have worked with us you know, just out of passion for a few months and we brought them on because we want to work with people that, that we're passionate enough to explore the product, the brand and contribute to it. So there's a lot of opportunity for people like that and, and we're looking for them. And to clarify for the audience, when we mean curator, it's actually individuals that are listening to audio all day categorizing it, tagging it, indexing it, writing copy for it. They're actually doing a ton of the legwork to make this vast library of audio accessible and they're doing it manually. And it's it's actually really cool to see them publish these playlists of celebrity quotes or historical moments back in the 50s or 60s. It's, it's really cool to see them curate this huge diverse library of audio. Well, the last thing I want each of you to state is what can listeners and creators expect from Verbal? And you can contextualize it within your focus at the company, or you can broaden it to however you'd like, but what can they expect from you and your team, uh, you know, the platform itself? Baron, do you want to start? What's really exciting, and I know the people that are doing it are, are excited, and so am I, is these, and I think you mentioned it, are these really thoughtful curation where we're bringing together creator content in a new way. So if you're a creator, you're kind of in your bubble of like, oh, I do this podcast or I do this sort of audio blog and it's a bunch of episodes, but then we include it in really in, in new ways that they never would have thought of that gets exposure to new users. And it's essentially an a marketing avenue or an exposure for users into their content in a new way. And then it gets them thinking about audio in a fresh way that's out of their bubble um, and into new topics. So I can't get into all the ways that we bring together content in a playlist because there's so many, but uh, that's, that's a really exciting piece of it. And then we are clipping creator audio in the way that creators can, but they haven't thought about that so that it can be shared, but also brought in to highlight their content in a very short form in these aggregated slash really thoughtful curated playlists that might just be, you know, the most incredible highlights 
of serial killers talking from true crime episodes. It's just a way that never, people would never get in because they're just, they've got these big brick cinder block pieces of a hour long plus audio file. And here we've got these clips that are just engage the user right away and draw them in. And then they say, oh, where's this from? It's from this podcast. So that's a really exciting piece of well, how we're slicing and dicing content thoughtfully that plays into creators. Very cool. Jerry, what can listeners and creators expect from the platform itself? That's a tough one for me because I don't define new features. Sure. Um, but, but um, you know, in kind of my vision of where we're going, you know, I would like to see, okay, this isn't a direct answer to your question, but it's because um, I can't say we're going to do this. But we're winging I've, it here. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know, been pretty excited by audio collage. So I was inspired by hearing some of the old time radio broadcasts. And one in particular that's very famous is the War of the Worlds, the original 1938 broadcast. Mm -hmm. So I was inspired to do a mashup with it. And I thought, this is really neat content, but maybe it's not, I don't know, it's missing some zing for, for me in the modern life. So what would make it good is a really cool DJ mix, like an instrumental DJ mix behind it, and how could that work, and what would be good? So I actually did one, and I put two tracks together. Uh, took one of my favorite mixes by this guy J Rock from the world famous Beat Junkies here in LA, and um, overlaid it with the War of the Worlds, and it turned out really good. I mean, it's amazing, honestly, to me. Um, we'll have so, to weave it in if you. If I hope you you're going to publish it on. Yeah, I will. Partially crippled. Believe hit by shell from army gun and watch unmounted. Guns now appear silent. A heavy black fog hanging close to the earth of extreme density, nature unknown. No sign of heat ray. Enemy now turns east, crossing Passaic River into the Jersey marshes. Another straddles the Pulaski Skyway. Evident objective is New York City. Pushing down a high tension power station. So it will be on my station. I've started my station. There's no content yet because we're having, uh, you know, we're pretty under the gun in terms of trying to launch the technology here for a lot. I would like to see us adding more interesting, innovative creator tools like that. When I did that, it was simply taking these two tracks. Um, you know, I, I have a background in DJing, so I could kind of lay them together. But all I did was found the the right spot to to start them at, to align them. I didn't have to really do much after that, and it just worked perfectly. So I would like us to, you know, see us provide tools like that. Um, I can't promise that's what we're going to do. But um, I know we have the capabilities to do that. So I'm excited by things like that, by, by kind of more innovative, uh, you know, future innovative kind of combinations and collage of, you know, all this disparate audio we have. It's, sure. it's quite disparate. And mixing it together and combining it in, in interesting ways is, is kind of one of the things I see uh, as a mission of verbal. So we'll see what happens. I'm surprised more audio creators don't, and podcasters specifically, don't sample old stuff within their content. I mean, it's it's more yeah. editing, which is obviously difficult for podcasters, but I, I digress. Justin, how about yeah. you? What can listeners and creators expect from on the design side from you and your team? 
I mean, at first, they can expect discoverability to be high. I mean, they can expect to be able to find pretty much what they're looking for um, within a few clicks from most parts of the site. As with any site, great design is being able to not really tell anything's been designed. So, I mean, I think our main goal is just for people to be able to um, to find what they want when they want as fast as they can get to it. Um, you know, we're still working on tools around being able to add playlists and share playlists. And the snippet tool is kind of this forever evolving feature. They can expect a playground of audio that feels very familiar to them, um, yet gives them this sense of freedom for them to be able to like explore. And I think we're learning every day. So I'm excited to see how people use it. So that's the fun part about this is you can build something, uh, you know, asking them to use it a certain way, but you really don't know until they really start, right. they start digging in. People may use this completely different, utterly different than what we're even thinking right now. So that's, <laughs> right. that's the exciting For part. Sure. Yeah. All right, Audra, let's wrap up with you. What can listeners and creators expect from Verbal as a whole here as we look to launch yeah, I mean, really, the way I see it is the, the thing we're offering for listeners, it's a unique platform where you can literally be entertained, you can be enlightened, you can be put to bed, you can you can do anything. We have content for all types of purposes, right? So waking up to receive information, to learn something new, to just laugh. We've got content to suit all of your needs. And the reason I love audio so much is because, you know, what, what I realized, how it affected my life was that... I could use audio to actually do a lot of learning and I, because I could listen to audio in the car and I could listen to audio when I'm doing something else. And it was like, all of a sudden, I basically, once I discovered that I could process and learn through audio, I was, I, you know, some people aren't used to listening and absorbing information that way, but you get used to it after you do it for a while. And it's really, really like life-changing for me just to, to be able to read books in a way that I never could for years as I just didn't think about, you know, doing it through audio and, and all the other things I've since learned to do through audio is incredible. And so the fact that we're putting it all in one place and packaging it up for people to consume it, I think it could be, you know, transformative for listeners. What about creators? What can they expect? And then creators, we're bringing the listeners all in one place for you. If you've got great audio to market, this is where you're going to find your audience. You're going to learn what works and what doesn't work really quickly because of the critical mass we're creating around bringing audiences in one place and watching how they interact around different things and being able to suggest things to them through machine learning. And if there's going to be an audience for your audio, you're going to find it on verbal and you're going to be able to learn a lot from the platform itself. Well, very cool. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to release this week of. So if you're listening to this now, just know that we are probably heads down fixing things. <laughs> but we can't wait to get this product in front of as many people as possible and for creators and listeners alike to to find a home for audio. And so thank you all for listening. And, and guys, <laughs> thank you for answering my, my god-awful questions. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Harmless. Oh. <laughs> Thanks and a lot. Appreciate it, Paul. Once again, to all you audio creators out there, we want to invite you to join thousands of other creators and, of course, listeners that have yet to discover your work. Whether you're a podcast host, voiceover actor, audio fiction writer, meditation guide, ASMR artist, spoken word poet, battle rapper, teacher, or speaker, you'll find new ways to grow your audience on verbal. So from all of us at Verbal, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us.